Welcome to Red Carpet Retirement. This podcast is all about helping business owners and those in the entertainment and creative industries secure and protect their financial future. We provide educational stories and specific strategies so you can achieve the red carpet retirement you so richly deserve. Now here's your host, Adam Scott. Hello and welcome to Red Carpet Retirement with your host, Adam Scott. Mr. Adam Scott, how are you? Hey, Eric, great to be here with you again. This is so exciting. Well, I, thank you for letting me be a small part of this. I know that throughout this journey, I'm going to learn a lot from you. You're here to educate the audience, educate me. And today we're going to talk about what it looks like to engage you and your team uh, in conversation. Really, somebody emails you or somebody reaches out after they hear one of these podcasts. We're going to cover that a little bit. But before we get to that and how you work with clients, I kind of want to ask you some baseline questions, if that's okay. Sounds great, Eric. All right. So yeah, we, we talked a little bit about this in the first podcast, but I want you to remind the audience, what do you do for your clients? And really, I guess the point I'm getting to is what sets you apart? Yeah. So, Eric, you know, I've been thinking about this and I realize that a lot of people have kind of misconceptions about what we do. And and it seems really obvious to me how both how we're different and how we're not different, but sometimes I take that for granted. So the first thing that I did say in the first post podcast, but bears repeating, is that we're fee-only financial planners, and that our aim is to make work optional for entrepreneurs, business owners, and those in the entertainment industry. And a lot of these people, strangely, have the same kind of challenges in common. Okay, so let, let, let's take a step back. I'd like you to, de to define for the audience what it, exactly it means to be fee-only as a financial planner. What does that mean? Right. So in the industry, traditionally, it's been based around selling products and earning a commission from that. And therefore, that someone who calls themselves a financial advisor and say sells insurance and nothing wrong with that you know we all have to have insurance but they have an incentive to sell you that insurance and mm -hmm. their interest may not be aligned with yours because often they get larger commissions for selling certain kinds of products or maybe you don't even need the product or you don't need as much insurance as you're being sold so anytime somebody's selling you a product with commission they have a conflict of interest with you. So as fee only being paid just by financial planning fees or by asset management fees, we theoretically are on the same side of the table as you. And we have no incentive to do one thing or the other with you. Our incentive is to do what's in your best interest and give you a great experience. Yeah. I, I just kind of liken it to going to a a car dealership and saying, Hey, here's my budget. And then the salesperson trying to push you up a few thousand dollars just because, well, they're going to earn a better commission on that sale. And oh, well, if we work this into your payment program, you should be able to afford, you know, another $5,000. I can make that happen for you. No, <laughs> I came in with a budget. I'd like to stick to that. And that's kind of what it feels like when you say that. And, and I think a lot of people have experienced that out there. So I'd like to hear that fee only really does set you apart. Now I want to take the second part of what you said there talking about making work optional, because that sounds really good to me. So what does that mean? Right. Now, I, I'd love to get into that. I just realized there's one other clarification that I want to make, uh, Eric, because there's a common misperception when people walk up to me at a, at, a, at a party, say, or if they come in for the first time and they hear that I'm a financial planner or they hear the word financial advisor. And if you're not selling them insurance, they think that, that you're going to be pitching them stocks and you're going to be picking the hot stocks. And 
in what we call investment consulting is just a small part of what we do. Okay. And it's not about picking you the hottest, you know, best tech stock, but we're going to get more into that. I just want to make that clarification because we're really very much focused on other financial areas, which again, I think slightly sets us apart as being financial planners, but we're going to get into that major discrepancy. So getting back to your question about how we make work optional, right? That that was the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have certain strategies that we can put in place that drastically reduce, for instance, the taxes that certain high-earning clients pay in the freelance world or in the entrepreneurial world when their incomes go up and down. And you put those kind of strategies in place and you, you drastically reduce their taxes and Conversely, you greatly appreciate their amount of savings. And so we get them to a point in their life, pre-retirement, where they can comfortably know that they don't have to work anymore and that they can choose to do what they what they want with their lives. I think we might have said in the first podcast that they can choose, uh, if they're in the movie industry, they can choose to work on the movies that they love with the people that they like, right? And they can turn down jobs that they're just doing for the next dollar. And the same thing with a business owner, Mm -hmm. that they can choose to stop working or to start dialing down the amount of work they do. That that makes work optional. Yeah. Now, I'm not anywhere near the industry that you're talking about, except for the fact that, you know, for an entrepreneur, I've got a buddy of mine who's a contractor. And I remember when he first started out, he took every job he possibly could get his hands on, right? Because that's how you survive. And now he's so happy because... Well, first of all, he he has like three-day weekends every week, which is I'm super jealous of. But he takes the jobs that he wants to do, the things that he's best at, the true jobs that are going to hone his craft and he enjoys doing, though he can be more selective. So I get that, that work optional thing. That makes a lot of sense to me. I love that. Let, let's talk about, let's kind of go back to what I started with at the beginning of the podcast of helping people to get over some hurdles, maybe, when it comes to reaching out to a financial planner. I think... Like you said, a lot of people probably confuse a financial planner like yourself with a run-of-the-mill guy that's trying to sell them something. And so they avoid that conversation or they avoid that phone call. So what can somebody expect when they set up a meeting with you? Let, let's walk through there so that people have clear expectations. Right. So Eric, the very first thing that is likely to happen is if if someone comes to us completely out of the blue and we don't know anything about them, then one of our team members is going to call up and just have a quick chat with them to make sure that whatever the challenges are that they have, that we may be a good fit to solve them. And even if we're not the best fit to solve them, we're going to give them some complimentary advice so that they they go away better for that phone call with some valuable information. But if it seems like what they need and what we provide are a good fit, then we're going to move forward to the next to the first meeting, really, which is going to be with me and some other team members that we call our uh, our discovery meeting and our visions and values meeting. Okay. So l- let's hear more about that. What What happens in a visions and values meeting? Okay. So I'm going to tell you, just to set, set this up and give it some context, I'm going to give you a bigger picture of what our process is so they can understand where, the, where this is coming from. Okay. I like to equate our process to a lunar landing. And I call it the lunar landing wealth management process. Okay. All right. Now, 
Any idea why I equate it to a lunar landing, Eric? I'm, I'm assuming because it can be pretty complicated, but when you have the, the pros at ground control helping you, <laughs> it may be a little easier. I don't know. That's certainly part of it. So the first thing is we're going on a long journey together. This is a lifetime relationship. And if we're making it work optional for you, and let's say you're in your 50s or even in your 60s, and people are living now till, till 100, mm -hmm. you know, that is a long way to go. And we better get a lot of things right because there's a lot that can go wrong. And just like if you're in the space shuttle or whatever, there is no margin for error. You've got to have thought of all of your backup plans, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I equate it to that. So the first step in our, uh, oh, and yes, you're going to be the astronaut. And then you've got the expertise of the engineers that are building you the rocket. And, uh, and they're uh, planning out the journey and they're filling the rocket with fuel, right? In our case, the fuel is the assets. Mm -hmm. And so the very first part of this is we have to know where you're going, right? We have to know about the end of that journey, begin with the end in mind. And that is our first meeting, our visions and values meeting is to determine where you're going to go, how you're going to get there, and when you're going to launch. So retirement date is launch date, and we've got a plan for that launch date. Okay. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You brought visuals to me of, of the what Tom Hanks in the movie, what, Apollo 13 or 15, something like that. I probably should- Apollo 13. There you go, Apollo 13. Thank you. <laughs> Where something went wrong, right? And you've got all these engineers that, that get all this stuff and they put it on the table and say, okay, here's what we've got. We need to fix the problem using this stuff, right? And I'm right. assuming that there's probably situations like that along the way with your clients that, I mean, come on, COVID, we had a pandemic, we had, you know, a downturn in the market, we had the, you know, I know that you were there through 0809, the, the housing crisis and all these different things that happen. You've got tools and resources that you can say, okay, here's what we've got. Let's make sure that this, this ship is still floating, right? Or, or going where it's supposed to be going tomorrow. That's right. The last thing we want to hear is Houston, we've got a problem. <laughs> exactly. All yeah, right. I can't, I can't remember if that was Apollo 13 or not. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's definitely the, the, the quote from the movie for sure. Right. Um, okay. So when it comes to working with somebody, uh, you know, mm. I know that you, you began this conversation or began this piece of the conversation saying, we want to make sure it's a correct fit for them and for us, uh, because you do very specific things. And if it's out of your purview, you're going to suggest what they can do and maybe somebody else that they can contact. But if it is a good fit and you begin this really long journey, let's talk about that. How do you work with your clients and, and get them ready for launch and then smooth sailing during the launch process and during the you know, entire trip? Right. Great question, Eric. So with that visions and values where you know, you know, everybody's idea of retirement, let's call it in fact, I hate the word retirement. We're going to call it make work optional, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's idea of their ideal future is different. So it's really important that we learn what this is. And oftentimes people themselves don't have a clear idea. And you know, when people do stop working and they make work optional, just like my wife right now has retired, and it can become a real challenge finding your next path and finding motivation. So with that meeting and going forward, you know, we really want to find ways to give purpose to a client's life and make their life meaningful 
achieve the most important goals to them. And that all starts out from that visions and values meeting. Now, in order to make sure that we don't get that call in the middle of Houston, we got a problem, we put in place our wealth management formula. Just like engineers who build the space shuttle, we've got our formula. Mm -hmm. And our formula is this, WM, wealth management, equals IC, investment consulting, plus AP, advanced planning, plus RM, relationship management. Okay, sounds yeah. complicated, but it's not, I'm sure. <laughs> now, we're going to break all this down. Say break uh, it down for me. So, IC stands, for, as I say, for investment consulting. Okay. Now, some people, basically, it's table stakes in this game as a, a, or in, in this line of work. And some people do it better than others. And we think like to think that we have a really robust investment consulting process. Mm -hmm. And it's just a part of what we do. And I'm going to just touch on it now. Although, to be honest, it's such a large part that I think that we should put it off talking in detail till another podcast, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be great. I'd love to do a deeper dive into it for sure. So yeah, give, give us some of the highlights and then we can go on to, I believe AP was after that. So I, I think just the highlight about investment consulting and about our process to know is that I'm a little cynical about Wall Street. And I think that Wall Street itself can be kind of self-serving mm -hmm. and you have to take certain kind of Wall Street orthodoxies with a grain of salt. And you know, some of those orthodoxies are that markets always go up, right? I think people have become very accustomed to thinking that markets always go up right, over the last four decades or so. Yeah. And I, th I think we're going to have to be very well aware that we may not have such easy sailing and you need to be positioned for that going forward. And I don't think Wall Street is necessarily going to telling you that that clearly because that's not how their bread is buttered. Mm -hmm. um, also, Wall Street will have paradigm uh, sayings like, don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. But you need to be very cognizant of taxes, that especially here in California. And, and it can be easier for Wall Street to ignore your tax situation, but your tax situation is critically important. Another Wall Street, what I call myth, is that you have to work with a top Wall Street firm to access all the best tools and investment strategies, which is not true. You can actually access all strategies and tools in almost every uh, part of the market. Mm -hmm. And so those are just a, a few of the, of the Wall Street myths that we have built a system around to avoid the pitfalls and to give clients a really robust um, uh, investment process. But again, I'll talk more about that in the next podcast. All right. That sounds good. So what is, you said advanced planning, and that, that sounds like the journey to me. Right. So advanced planning is really where all the secret source is. Yeah. You want to have a really good investment foundation, but as much as anything with the investment foundation, you just want to not screw things up. <laughs> and as, as long as you don't screw things up, the real secret source is in the advanced planning. So- for advanced planning has four main pillars. The first one we call wealth enhancement. Okay. And it starts with 
tax mitigation. You know, everybody loves cutting taxes. And there are, with the kind of clients we work with, that they're often spending far more in taxes than they need to. They're spending money unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And going back to the space shuttle or our, our rocket launch, this is like trying to fill up those huge fuel tanks on the side of the space shuttle. And as fast as you're, you know, you're saving for a time, and as fast as you're putting that fuel in, it's gushing out of the bottom because of the, there are fuel leaks. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we have to do with a client is get in and fix those fuel leaks so they stop losing all of this money and those gas tanks start filling up quickly, right? Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because Uncle Sam is the exact same thing as what happens with gas when it you know hits the air. It evaporates. Once that money's in Uncle Sam's hands, you're not getting it back. <laughs> so right. It's gone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And we're all for clients, you know, paying their fair share, but there are special tax strategies you can use that are completely legal, but unfortunately your accountants are too busy to put them in place for you, or they simply don't know about them because they're not used to working with clients in your particular situation, whereas we are. Now, the next part about the tax mitigation is once you've saved that money for your retirement because you fixed the leaks and when you're high income years, you managed to fix these leaks. So you're not paying all that tax. Now you're going into retirement and are you driving a 1973 Buick, which was my first car out here in the, in the United States? I drove it in 1989 and I'm telling you that, that thing burned gas. So is your space shuttle a 1973 Buick <laughs> or is it a Tesla, right? That's burning very little gas and is very efficient and highly engineered. We want our clients driving the Tesla through retirement mm-hmm. so that the amount of money coming out of pocket that they've got to spend, you know, from their portfolios is absolutely minimal because we make it very tax efficient. And we also make sure that we dial in social security and their retirement plans. Maybe they have annuities from previous advisors. And we optimize all of that so that they're getting it in the most efficient income flow. Along with that, we do cash flow planning. And this is a bit like going back to that drawing the map. We have to draw the map, you know, chart the course from yep. the earth to the moon. We create a financial plan and a cash flow plan, dialing in the spending along each stage of that journey. Because there are very, there are, you know, critical mistakes you can make. Like in when you take Social Security, you can end up unknowingly in a very high tax bracket if you do the wrong things and claim mm-hmm. Social Security at the wrong time or or take other income streams at certain stages when you're taking Social Security. So taxes are so critical to retirement planning. Yeah. Yeah. I You made me have flashbacks there because <laughs> my first car was a 1976 Ford Thunderbird. And that wow. Had- 464 barrel in it and i was getting about six miles to the gallon <laughs> gosh eric you, you, you could you could drive a 30 foot rv with six miles to the gallon <laughs> it didn't run great but it, it it was smooth man it was so smooth but that's when gas was what 80 cents 90 cents a gallon i can't imagine trying to drive that car today All right but was <laughs> so, that a new car when you bought it eric oh no. <laughs> oh, no. It was your first car. I it just was my first car in yeah, 1976. Uh, I drove that in, uh, let's see, 1991, 92. Oh, oh, man. You're a little <laughs> Sorry, Eric. It's okay. No, I mean, but it's, it, it's funny mm. that you said that because that's exactly what I pictured. I was burning through 
all my fuel and luckily it was cheap back then. But if, if it was nowadays, I couldn't afford to drive that car anywhere. Right. Right. Exactly. So what's that next step? So the next step is the wealth protection. That's the next step in our advanced planning. We got the wealth enhancement. Now we got the wealth protection. So when you're in that space shuttle, you know, we are talking about how is wealth management, the same two kind of flying a space shuttle mm -hmm. that we got to make sure that we don't have any leaks in our gas tanks. We got to make sure we're burning that fuel efficiently. We got to make sure we've planned that journey and we know the route that we're going to take and we know the rate at which we're going to be burning fuel. But there's something that's more important than anything. If you're going to be in uh you feel somewhere in the middle of space or halfway between here and the moon in a space shuttle. And what do you think that is, Eric? What comes first to your mind? The walls. <laughs> the walls. That's the walls. It's something keeping me from floating away in space, man. <laughs> right. Something keeping you from floating away in space. Something from maybe protecting you from Hate bits you. of space debris that might hit you or uh, yep. from cosmic rays. And fundamentally from things going wrong. What? is the most important law in physics when you're designing the space shuttle, Eric. Oh, man. I don't know okay, I'm not going to put you on. I'm gonna... It's structural. It's got to be the, the structure of it. It is Murphy's law, Eric. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> do, do you know what <laughs> Murphy's law is? Yes. If something can go wrong, it will. It will go wrong. Yeah. It will. And in my job, that is so essential to remember. And in wealth protection, just like if you're in a space shuttle, you got to think when you're when you're the astronaut in that space shuttle, or if, even if you're in an airplane, that you've got to know that somebody has thought of if it can go wrong, it will go wrong, mm -hmm. and therefore they have done everything they can to plan to ensure that it will not go wrong. Right, Eric? Do you know that on a when you fly on an airplane, they have four electrical systems they got the main one and they got three backup so if the electrical system goes down they got another three because if that electrical system go fails guess what happens it becomes a giant rock <laughs> you got it same thing with those jet engines apparently they now design planes so that all the jet engines can fail and by the way, I was once in a jet where the engine exploded and was on fire right outside my window. No way. Oh. It was it? It was pretty scary. Yeah. I was a kid, actually, and uh, flying back from the Far East to my school, we had to land in Thailand, in Bangkok. Man. So yeah, it was pretty scary. I would have felt a lot better to know that a jet can apparently fly, these days at least, without any engines, right? because they built in redundancy wow! and they've planned for if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And so similarly, when we're planning someone's retirement, we have to keep that in mind. And it's not just about investment consulting, which is absolutely part of it, mm -hmm. but it's what, what are the other ways their life could be completely destroyed? So I'm going to just tell you another, I'm going to tell you a little anecdote in the audience to illustrate this. I know a successful family, <laughs> they were successful, and their young daughter, 16 years old, she had a car accident with a motorcyclist, mm. young motorcyclist. Tragically, the young motorcyclist was killed. Oh, geez. But that was just the beginning for her because the police indicted her for manslaughter. Oh, man. Her parents 
spent a fortune defending her. Uh, initially, the lawyer had said, you know, that that it would just be better for them just to admit guilt and it would be a lot cheaper and they should just ple- plead guilty. They said no, that they wanted to defend her and uh, she eventually got acquitted from the charges. But that wasn't the end of it. The family of that you know, tragic young boy came after them and sued her for manslaughter. Yeah. And the family ended up losing everything that they had. And simply because they didn't have the right kind of protections in place that are so easy to put in place that we would make sure that our clients have in place because it's these kind of things that can take our clients out who otherwise, or anybody out who otherwise seems so well positioned, like nothing can go wrong. But you've got to make sure that these things don't blow you up. Yeah, that's that's tragic. I mean, and, and again, it's losing so much. Both families lost so much. I mean, that's that's terrible. Right. Absolutely. And so we do this with risk mitigation, certain kinds of legal structures so that your assets can't be unjustly taken, mm-hmm. and risk transfer, which means that for pennies on the dollar, you transfer the risk to an insurance company. Now, as I say, we don't sell insurance, but we simply consult with our clients to make sure that they're properly insured. We point out vulnerabilities. And if if they come to us, if an insurance agent is trying to sell them something that they don't need or over-insure them, we tell them, no, you don't need that, but maybe you do need this, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how we deal with the wealth protection. Uh, because once again, I'm telling you, <laughs> Murphy's Law is, if you don't have it in place, if it can go wrong, it it will go wrong. And the, you know, people think, well, look, I'm never my my teen is never going to kill a motorcyclist. No, but there are so many other things oh. that can go wrong. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen it in the news. We've we, everybody's heard different stories of somebody litigating, which we don't think is fair. Now, in in, in your story, I think that was a fair litigation. I think that was. F- perfectly fair. If she caused it, then the other family had the right to do that. But you hear about people that have trespassed on other people's property, fallen down, broke their leg. They sue the homeowner or they sue the property owner for the rocks that they had in their yard that they shouldn't have been tripping over anyway. And they win it. it, it so it, it can happen innocently and, and people can absolutely be sued for no reason. There's a lot of lawyers that are making pretty good money by suing people just to, to sue them. So I think it's absolutely imperative that people protect themselves because you don't know what other people's motives are either. Absolutely. And I should just clarify that, of course, I just know my friend's account, but the motorcyclist was speeding and went through a, through a red light, right? So that's why she got acquitted. But wow. it, it, it took a lot you know, t- to be able to prove that. Yeah. You don't need to be at fault to end up in a situation like that, right? It's not, oh, be more of a careful driver. No, she was being a careful driver, but this happened out of the blue. Uh, so, um, and yes, to your point, Eric, you know, I remember friends of mine a few years ago that uh, that some delivery men were delivering uh, an article of furniture and coming up their path in Los Feliz. It was a little bit of a hilly, like a little few steps up t- from the driveway to their front door. And one of the guys claimed he'd tripped and they were sued for a million dollars. So, yeah, you need to have the right insurance in place. All right. Now, you said that you have four four pillars, really, four areas that you focus on. And we're on the third one. What's the third one? 
So the third one is wealth transfer, which okay. it can be centered around estate planning and is extremely important actually to everybody, but not everybody realizes it. Mm -hmm. And of course, some of our affluent clients, you know, more affluent clients, of course they realize it. And it's maybe their primary focus is effective estate planning. Now, when you do effective estate planning, the beauty of it is, is that it can actually increase your income, your tax after tax income while you're alive. So you can afford, it's a win-win situation. You can afford to benefit you know, a charitable cause and make yourself more affluent at the same time and reduce your taxes. But in terms of making sure your money goes where you want it to, it's not always as straightforward as people think. Mm -hmm. We get under the hood and we look at the most efficient and effective ways to do that. And we work with the best estate planners. And it's a bit like bees pollinating different flowers. You know, we're, we're going across around all these flowers and we pick up the best ideas. And so we can always introduce them to your estate planner. And two minds, are, I think Steve Jobs said that like two minds are exponentially better, right? And yeah, so we work with your experts, and uh, maybe there's there may be some life insurance in there as well, and we'll work with your life insurance person to do that. But there are also there are other things around estate planning that are vital to realize, like little things that get seemingly little things that get overlooked. And I'm just going to tell you a quick story, Eric, just to show about the importance of of estate planning items that aren't commonly known. Do you know what an advanced healthcare directive is, Eric? I do. Yeah, absolutely. It's a document, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that you fill out to where somebody is, if you're incapacitated, somebody else can make decisions for you. Right. Do you have children, Eric? I do. And, and uh, what's that? And grandkids. And grandkids. Okay. Well, hopefully your kids are old enough to have those in place for themselves. Mm -hmm. They are? Okay. Yes. So what happens with a lot of people in our situation is they have say kids in their twenties and they don't realize that because their kids are now adults, that if something happens to their child and they have to go to the hospital, that that medical staff is not allowed to talk to the parents without an advanced healthcare directive in place, without a medical power of attorney in place. Mm, that's right. And now, in fact, the doctors won't, even if your spouse is incapacitated, the doctors won't talk to you. So it's really important that we as adults have these things. But if you have proper estate planning, you're likely to have as, as an adult. But people often overlook that, that, it's, that they need it in place for their children. And I'm going to give you a quick little story because you just think, well, this isn't going to happen to me. You know, just like my friend, you know, hit the motorcyclist. It's not going to happen to me. So I'll put it off. I'll put it off. I'll put off estate planning. And yeah, and even I have been guilty of that. I've even been guilty of it with my clients thinking it's not so urgent. But just over a year ago, I was sitting in my office at home and I heard a yell from the next door room, my wife, and the way that she shrieked, I had knew something was seriously wrong. I knew somebody had died. And I went next door and my wife said, she just got a text saying our son Oliver had fallen off Eagle Rock. And Eagle Rock is a huge cliff in the local mm. state park. And oh my gosh. Yeah. You do not. There's only one result if you fall off Eagle Rock. Desperately, we tried to call his friend who was with him, who had sent us the text, but they're in the middle of a state park, 
finally we got through to him. He said that Oliver was alive, that he'd been rescued by helicopter, airlifted out, and was on his way to UCLA. Wow. But I knew, tragically, I've seen someone die from a fall before, and I've known that it can actually take a while before they die. Mm-hmm. We race out of here. We're going down the PCH. My wife is you know, in hysterics. And I'm sitting there calmly trying to drive, and she's trying to tell me to weave through traffic, and I'm thinking, I don't want to have another accident. And as awful as the situation was, I was just so relieved to know, thank goodness, I put in place an advanced healthcare directive for Oliver, and it's with UCLA, so that whatever happens, even if he's in a coma, which is quite likely he will be, the doctors will talk to us, because the the idea of us, the only thing worse than us getting to that hospital and my son being in a coma was those doctors telling my wife that they could not talk to her. Yeah, can't imagine. Yeah. Now, luckily, we got a phone call halfway there from UCLA, and they said that he was conscious, he was talking with the doctors, and of course, we had a huge sigh of relief. Wow. He had a mammoth injury to his hip. Uh, it took him, you know, long story short, it took him five months to walk again, but he's walking, he's fine, and it all it all worked out. But the, the lessons from here are how these things happen in an instant. These things you think would never happen to you, they do. And you need to have these kind of things in place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that hit home because my daughter does not have children. My son has kids. That's where our grandkids are from. And he's got stuff taken care of, but I don't think my daughter has one. And so as a 23 year old, again, you're absolutely right. The doctors wouldn't talk to us. Absolutely. And she needs it. Yeah. And then the, the, the one other learning from this was I realized with my, well, I've already realized, but with my affluence clients is another vulnerability is disability insurance for their children. Mm-hmm. My son, he has a good salary. He's in his 20s. They both have good salaries. But if my son was a, was a quadriplegic for the rest of the life, guess who's paying for him? His parents. And we may be doing well. We're not set up to do that. Yeah. Luckily, both my sons do have disability insurance through their work. But this is the kind of protection that we put in place for our families and make sure, again, that they're as invulnerable as we can make them. All right. And so what's that fourth area? So the fourth area is charitable giving and uh, closely tied to the wealth transfer. And we're going to have to get into that in another podcast. And it's a really interesting area. And then lastly, the last area in our formula was RM relationship management. Mm -hmm. And that's like we're mission control and we work with all of our clients, other service providers to help guide that space shuttle through space and keep that astronaut safe. Yeah. I love the fact that you, you do that and you put yourself in the position of mission control because you, you are absolutely willing to work with the client's current advisors, right? The group that they've surrounded themselves with, as long as they're doing a good job. And I'm sure that that's something that you talk to your client about, but if they don't have those people, maybe they don't have an estate planning attorney. You have a very deep bench of folks that you've worked with. So I like that you, 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 work in both fashions. I don't want people out there thinking, oh, he's going to come and try to replace all my folks. You work alongside with them and, and help guide this process together. Right, right. Yeah, you you absolutely uh, nailed it, Eric. And uh, just to kind of wrap it up, that 
Yeah, with our business model, we really try to be focused on servicing our clients and taking care of them and and not to, to sell them. And I often think of of doctors, you know, and you go to your doctor and you never quite know, are they giving me this medication or are they, or, or let me put it this way. When you go to your doctor, you just hope they have their, your best interests at heart mm-hmm. and they are giving you medication or prescribing surgery or therapy because it's the right thing for you and not because it affects their pocketbook. And I don't know about the medical industry and how it's aligned, but I know in the model that we have, we want to be that trusted person that you can go to where we have your best interests truly at heart. Absolutely. Adam, thank you so much for your time today. This was a great podcast. I'm looking forward to those other podcasts that you kind of promised the listening audience and myself in the future. Thank you again for your time. Thanks so much, Eric. Wonderful to be here with you as always. Yeah, it's great to be here, but I don't want to leave. I almost forgot. If somebody does want to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you, Adam? Right, Eric. The best way to contact us is probably to go to our website, wellacrewealth.com. But you can also give us a call on 310-220-4946. All right, Adam. Again, thank you so much for your time today. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Red Carpet Retirement Podcast with Adam Scott. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Adam comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This also makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Wellacre Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wellacre Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content should not be considered as legal or tax advice, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and consult with your own legal and tax professionals before taking any action.